Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report, everybody. Thanks for being here. It's the Friday Week in Review. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. This is a show, as always, about stock market investing. I call this quantamental investing. It's the combination of a quantitative execution using uh, institutional strength algorithms, and we combine it with a fundamental foundation, and that's how we create the information edge that I try to share with you. I've been doing this for over 30 years. I'm trying to put you on my shoulders so you can learn from my mistakes, learn from successes, and be a better investor. Um, today's topics is the week in review. We're going to talk about the repo market and its effect on the stock market between now and March. So what we think the market will do between now and March. Then we're going to move on to Topics that we've been talking about in the last few weeks of this show and for over a year, right? We're going to go with the cannabis couch. We're going to talk MJ, the ETF, and we're going to drill down and look at that uh, um, chart and then particular stocks in that index that are driving it or, or, uh, or holding it back. We're going to move to the precious metals space. Again, look at what's happening there. We've been talking about it. We have to review that at the end of the week. We're going to wrap up with energy stocks, and I have a couple of thoughts for you um, in that respect. Some, something very big is happening in the energy space, potentially, and if it does, it behooves everybody at the end of every year to look at groups that are really beat up, try to find the names and the groups that will excel in the beginning of next year. And so we're going to address some of those issues. Now, don't forget, this is a live trading desk. This is a live look in for you into what we do here on our desk every day. I'm surrounded by computers and phones. I might have to take a call. Forgive me if I get distracted. It happens. I'm working on trades as we speak right now. Um, All the information I'm providing you is for educational purposes, right? I don't know you. I couldn't possibly tell you what stocks to buy. All I can do is share with you what I'm doing in my own personal portfolio and for investors I work with. Now, if you want to take it to the next level, what I've done is I've started a new website. It's called the Armor Report, A-R-M-R-Report.com. And if you become an Armor Insider, you then have access to me one-on-one and we can discuss individual positions and help you understand your risk management approach. Armor stands for algorithmic risk management research. So everything begins and ends on this desk with managing risk and then capturing upside. And as an Armor insider, you get one-on-one access to me and I'll help you do that. Think of it as a coaching, if you will. Um, But for now, let's jump into it. I talk about risk management. It all begins and ends with the top 
indexes that we follow using our algorithms. Forgive me, I'm a little bit under the weather, so you can hear that in my voice. I'm going to power through it. Um, okay, we have algorithms designed for the top seven indexes that drive market direction, in our opinion. These are the exchange-traded funds of the S&P, SPY, the NASDAQ 100, QQQ, the Dow, DIA, small cap index, IWM, the momentum index, MTUM, the value index, VLUE, and the IBD50, FFTY. Hello? No. No, kill it. Thanks. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So every week we look at these indexes and we say, where are we on the risk spectrum? Okay? And then that drives our investment decision, and I try to share that with you. When is it right to add to positions, to buy new positions, and when is it best to just sit back and relax and enjoy the ride? And I submit to you this week, just like last week, just like the week before, we are enjoying the ride here on, on this desk. Do we add a little bit here and there? Do we tweak portfolios? Sure. Absolutely. And we did that this week. Armor Insiders, armorreport.com. If you're an insider, you can see every day changes to our model portfolios. We've got four. Index only, where we trade just those seven indexes I talked about through the ETFs. Then we have our conservative, our balanced, and our aggressive portfolios. These are models for you to help you understand how to take the information off of this show and actually put it to use. If you're a conservative investor, what would you be doing? If you're aggressive, how aggressive would you be? And so we made some changes in that portfolio this week. We exited a couple positions. We hit some stops. We added some new names in the energy space. I'm going to get to that later. So where are we in the risk spectrum? We're in that spectrum, what we call a yellow light. We've got our positions on. The green light was months, a couple months ago. So now we're managing risk. We raise stops. Sometimes we get stopped out of the ideas that aren't working, and we can reinvest that money into a new idea if we want. But we don't want to commit new capital. And I'm going to go over with you why right now. I should say I'm going to go over with you the fundamental reasons why right now. Technically speaking, the algorithms are telling us we're way too far away from the mean to be adding to positions. That's the best way to describe what the algorithms are saying. If I, if I just consolidated the information into one line, that's the takeaway. The S&P trades X standard deviations away from its 50 and 200 day moving averages. And right now we're in the stratosphere. So if you think of our algorithms, what we do is we buy weakness. They're designed to execute weakness when everyone's afraid and they're designed to sell into strength when everyone's euphoric. And X standard deviations above the mean or below the mean are incorporated into that decision. And anybody can see that we're way in the stratosphere of standard deviations away from key moving averages. 
So you've got to ask yourself, what's the reward versus the risk of putting new money to work right now? You see what I'm saying? It's not that you can't enjoy the ride. You should already have your portfolio filled out. We're making money today. It's great. Market's up another six-tenths of a percent. Great. Stocks in our portfolio blowing out. Fantastic. But do I want to commit more capital? Not at this stage. Okay? Um, Now, let's move on to some charts. I want to share with you why. Let's. Let's look first. Let's capture the screen. Okay. Just a second. Bear with me. There we go. All right. All right. Check this out. There's the S&P 500. Okay, you should be able to see that now. This is a weekly chart of the SPY index. So when I say to you, X standard deviations away from the mean, you can see we're in the stratosphere here. So what I'm trying to help you guys understand is don't get sucked up into the excitement of new highs thinking you have to commit more and more capital. Just enjoy the ride at this point because the reward versus the risk from here is dangerous. Now, I'd be on this call saying something different, okay? Okay, down here. Okay, now you're down near the standard deviation. Now you're down on the line. You see what I'm saying? Now you're down on the line. So now you start looking to add risk. Okay, but up here, Who's left, who's left to pay for it? There's only two people left to pay for it, in my opinion. The sucker investor, and yet you don't want that to be you, okay? Or the Fed. And that leads me to my next point. Those of you who have been watching this show know that I've been talking about the repo market. There is a massive injection of capital coming in from the Fed into the overnight lending market. I'm not going to go on and on about what that means or why. Watch past episodes. I go into it in more detail. I got a lot to go over today. So let's just stay tight to this. What's the cause and effect is what I'm going to talk about right now on the stock market, on your portfolio. That's the question. Since September, Mid-September, the Fed's been injecting, now it's over $300 probably and $50 billion worth of capital and counting into the repo market. This is a form of quantitative easing. I've listed for you on the armorreport.com as an insider. You can click on my list of investing rules. Rule number two, very simple. And I went over this last week for you guys. I'll do it again real quick. Rule number two. The Fed adding liquidity equals higher stock prices. The Fed reducing liquidity equals lower stock prices. That's a fact. It's been true since the dawn of time. Now let's look at what happens. Let's look at this chart again. See that chart? That green box is September till now. The market's blowing out above all 
reasonable standard deviations above the moving averages. Okay? Who's driving that? I submit to you it's Fed intervention that's forcing cash into the system that drives equity markets higher. Take a look at what happened in the year 2000. This is a histogram. All the way to the left of the chart, the first spike up is the year 2000. That spike up is a huge amount of uh, uh, overnight lending by the Fed. That's the year 2000. Now let's look at what that did to the stock market, okay? Here's a chart of the stock market. This is the NASDAQ. You can see that red writing. Fed adds liquidity, which is that spike I just showed you. The market ripped higher into the first part of the following year, which was 2000. And when the Fed stopped adding liquidity, the market topped and cratered the rest of the year. Now, take a look at this chart again. I'm going to roll it for, oops. Take a look at this chart again. Whoops, not that one. Okay, I'm going to roll it forward and show you. Wow, wow. Look at how much money is being pushed into the system right now by the Fed. It's more than 2008. It's more than 2008. And that's the chart of the S&P. And let's, let's, let's blow it up now. Okay? Since the Fed's been adding liquidity at a ridiculously aggressive rate, the market has skyrocketed. Do you see the cause and effect there, guys? It's classic. Okay? So what I'm saying to you is that what's pushing this market to new highs is Fed adding liquidity at a ridiculously aggressive rate. We don't know when the Fed's going to stop doing that. They said they're going to do this through March. I just read a story yesterday that highlighted the fact that they offered $35 billion in repos. Only $31 billion was taken yesterday. Now people are, are thinking maybe the Fed doesn't have to add all that liquidity because the repo market is stabilizing. I, I, that's a ridiculous argument. It's only one day. But who knows? Maybe it's true. If it is true, that's not a good thing for stock investors. I know that sounds strange. You would think, why isn't it a good thing? The repo market's fixed. There's no crisis, no financial crisis. Fed doesn't have to add liquidity. Oh, 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 wait a minute. What did I just say? The Fed doesn't have to add liquidity. And we're how many standard deviations above the moving averages, above the mean? And the Fed's not adding liquidity, then who's left to buy the market? You see the problem? So we have to keep our eye on the repo market. If they add liquidity right through March, then this, look, I know I showed you 2000, 1999, 2000. Look, history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes, right? That's the quote. It rhymes. I don't know how far this market's going to run. It could blow off higher another 10% in January for all we know because the Fed's pushing capital into the system. But I submit to you, when that Fed stops those actions, you better be prepared. I'm going to help you get prepared. You stay with me. I'll let you know. 
and I'll let you know what we're doing to protect the portfolio. But for right now, we're riding our winners, and we're not adding aggressively, and we're raising our stops to protect the gains that we're creating. Okay. Let's, um, let's move on. All right, guys, let's move on. Um, marijuana, cannabis. Welcome to the cannabis couch. It's our favorite conversation, I think. Been a brutal year. This is going to be a bit of rapid fire here. So I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time going over everything about cannabis. I want to share a couple thoughts. One, True Leaf got destroyed this week because a clear short selling research report came out suggesting a whole bunch of um, um, fraud and all these types of things. Now, let me just say a couple things about this. One, that story's been out there for over a year. There's nothing special about that grisly report. Anybody doing any, any homework? And I'm pretty sure I, I, I even talked about this a few months ago, and it was a reason why you have not heard me on this desk, on this show, tell you to buy that stock. I tell you it's a great company. Okay? I drove up there in May to Tallahassee and sat down with Kim. I, I love her. I think she's great. Okay? And everything she told us in that meeting when it came to her business and the build-out and the success that she thought she was going to have, all of it's true. I mean, literally, everything she said at that meeting, helping us understand the business and Florida and the direction of cannabis in Florida, all of it's been accurate. I'm, I mean, 100% accurate, which is hard to do in this space. There have not been a lot of CEOs that have been accurate about anything in the cannabis space. So on the one hand, Kim knows her business, and she's great at it. And I think they'll continue to dominate. But do I own the stock? I don't own the stock, guys. And the primary reason you haven't heard me talk about this company for a while now is that there is a bizarre uh, FBI investigation probe, whatever you want to call it, into Kim's husband. And I just can't own a stock like that when that's going on. She's exonerated. That'll be great. But I just don't need that risk. And so while I love the company, what I love doesn't really make a difference in the scheme of investing. I think True Leaves dominant player, and I think Probably one day they get, uh, they get acquired and, 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 and all these wonderful things. And I think business is going to keep booming for the company. Wow, but it's very hard to have the CEO of a company married to a person who's indicted by the FBI for fraud and a whole bunch of other things. That's just, God, there's enough risk in this space to begin with, guys. I don't need more risk. You know, this is algorithmic risk management research. I don't even need an algorithm for that. This is just risk management. Okay, enough said. Love the company. Love Kim. We got to have some closure on that FBI problem before I take any of that risk. Let's look at MJ real quick. Okay, I keep flip-flopping, to be honest with you, back and forth between how I want to invest in the space. Let's go to the daily chart. 
You all know this chart who've been following me. Here's the three bar up that looked to me like a bottom was in. And now we're, you know, putting in a consolidation, nice tight little pattern here. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. I, I, I lifted positions out. I didn't like the action a couple days ago. I have incredibly tight stops in this space. I need it to prove itself to me. Okay. I put positions on, on this bar here, which is what day is that? The ninth. Okay. It popped up for a couple days, reverse back to break even on some trades, stepped aside for now. Reason I'm stepping aside is some of the leaders are taking out the lows. There's, you know, there's Aurora, for instance, challenging the lows, breaking down, right? Here's, you know, Telray, for instance, making new lows. Doesn't even hold a bottom, okay? Now, it's true, my favorite two names, okay, look. Look at my favorite two names. There's Kronos and there's CGC. Now, both of those are holding at higher lows. Both of those look good. Why did I tell you those are my two favorite names? Not because I necessarily love the businesses or whatnot. I mean, I actually, I do like Kronos, their business model, but the reason is simple to me. Let me break this down for you, okay? We have too much grow. We have a bottleneck of store openings in Canada. That bottleneck is focused on Ontario and it ruined the year this year. Now we have contraction across the space, less grow going into 2020. That should be a good thing. We were looking for Ontario to make some adjustments. They made their announcement of adjustments. The market liked it. The stocks went up a little bit. But when I really read the report, I'm disappointed personally. They suggested they're going to start opening 20 stores a month starting in April. Okay, that'll be great. But that just delays the revenue ramp for these companies an extra quarter. Because I think most people on the street were looking for store opening starting January. I know the CEO, the outgoing CEO of Canopy Growth, thought they'd have 100 stores a month starting January. So he's clueless. No surprise, he's outgoing. Okay, but my point is they're delaying the growth of this industry another three to six months. So the real revenue ramp for these companies, if we're lucky and it happens the way we all believe, will be in the back half of 2020. If that's the case, then you've got to focus on companies that have cash and aren't burning cash, Right? Either they, they're not burning cash, which there aren't many, or they have tons of cash so they don't have to come back to the market with a capital raise. Now, I know that stock market's a discount machine. So you don't have to wait for the revenue to actually hit up. It could, you know, three to six months before the revenue starts coming in, the stocks will probably start going up. But 20 stores in April is just not enough. You know, I mean, I want to love this space. God, I want to love it. But that's just not enough. So it's no surprise to me that CGC, Canopy Growth, and Kronos are the two best performing stocks of these big LPs. It's because they have the cash and they are not going to dilute shareholders while we're waiting for Ontario. But is there urgency to own these names? Uh, where's the urgency? Not yet. Not yet. So I'm focusing my attention now 
really on MJ. I, I think the way I want to play this, and I keep moving back and forth. You know, it's just the way it is. I keep trying different entry points. I have tight stops, you know, and then I reassess and I look, how do I really want to play this? I think I want to play MJ. I think I want to reduce my risk by owning the ETF at this stage. Once I make money on the ETF, God knows there'll be pullbacks. This thing's not going to reverse and go to the moon. It'll rally up, pull back, consolidate. And once I have a solid gain in my MJ, then I'm going to add more position to my portfolio in my favorite names. But that way I can avoid the single stock blow up. You know, the one company that says, oops, something's delayed and the stock drops 15%. You know, probably MJ will be down 3 4% that day, but it won't be 15%. You see what I'm saying? An ETF gets rid of single stock risk. And risk is so high at the moment that I think for my personal capital, that's how I want to play it. I want to focus on the ETF and see if I can get that right. If I can make some money there, then I can start branching out into my favorite names. That's how I'm doing. I'm not telling you what to do. That's just what I'm doing. If you want me to discuss what you should do, you become an Armor Insider. You can call me anytime you want during the week, and we'll sit down and chat. And I'll literally coach you through the thought processes of how to protect capital, capture upside, and where to invest. Okay. Let's move on. Um, well, just, just to wrap up, just capture the screen one more time. So here's MJ, right? There's, it looks like another little double bottom holding. Looks pretty good. This, this reversal is still holding. So nothing wrong here. There's two different stops, right? You could be very tight with your stop, which is what I've done this week. Or the stop is really down here, right? As long as MJ stays above the high of this trading day, this reversal here, then you've got higher lows. And you just sit with the stock until it gives you some money and performs. Nothing wrong with that stop. Chances are my stop is too tight right now. That's okay. Hey, and don't forget, in conservative portfolios, I have not owned cannabis stocks since May. And I still don't. So we're talking about aggressive portfolios. And in aggressive portfolios, I'll trade faster with tighter stops looking for the right entry points. Okay? Moving on. Okay. Well, actually, let's start with silver. Let's talk about precious metals now. This is a week in review. I have to go over where we are. Precious metals, you know we're looking at this space. We own stocks in this space. I'm not going to go over all the details, guys, of why we own precious metals, but suffice it to say, um, it's just a good hedge for a portfolio. And so periodically we look for entry points. There was a huge move off of the low after a multi-year downtrend. Okay. So this is a, this is a process that I, this is really how I, I buy a lot of things. Here's the weekly chart. Let's take a look at the weekly chart of silver. Okay. Huge downtrend, huge base, blowout earlier this year, first pullback to the moving averages. Okay? I like to see a blowout, a pullback, and support at the 200-day with a double bottom. Everything is there on silver. Now, let me just tell you something about precious metals investments. Okay? When you're in a bull market in precious metals, a couple of things will usually happen. Silver will lead gold. And the stocks will lead the metals. So let's take a look. 
Oops. So silver is leading gold off of the bottom here in this most recent run. Okay. Silver broke out of its base. This hasn't broken out yet. I need to see gold above GLD above 140 to see that thing break out. But look at silver today. See, silver's taking that price out right now. It's highs right there. So if it could pop, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Now here are the mining stocks, GDX. Here's GDX, okay? So you know there's the base it broke out of. Here's the consolidation. Oops. Okay. Holding its 50-day moving average. We'll see where it goes from there. Here's GDXJ. These are the these are the uh, small cap miners. That look a little bit better. All right. So still like the space. Stocks are holding up. Okay. If you want to know, you know, if you want to know. The date that we purchase these things in our model portfolios and the prices, again, as an Armour Insider, you get access to that information. You see the date, you see the price, okay? And so you can understand and follow where we are in the progression of a trade, okay? But anyway, so this is an investment. It's a part of our portfolios. It's a hedge. You have massive liquidity being injected, and it looks like a real turn this year on the metals. So we're going to have some uh, assets there. And let's just wrap up with... Um, Let's take a look at uh, oil. This is what I want to share with you at the close here of this um, meeting that we're all having. That's USO. It's the ETF of oil, USO. That's a massive pennant, guys. That is a huge pennant on oil. Now, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to break out or not. Maybe it comes back down, Okay. But if this thing breaks above 13, let's say, on USO, wow, guys, I highlighted for you these green boxes a couple of weeks ago. I said it challenged the 250-day, the black line and the blue, held up again, challenged it, gapped up again, and now it's gapping and going. So if that's the case, and this is what I'll wrap up with, every year I try to find groups that have been destroyed and look for the turn. Because very often you could have a huge first quarter if you find the right groups. Could it be MJ? Possibly. That's a beat up sector. Could it be energy? Possibly. That's a beat up sector. And the underlying price of energy itself, oil, looks to be breaking out of a huge pennant. Now, I grant you, chart patterns on energy, the volatility is so fierce they don't mean nearly as much as a chart pattern on the S&P, okay? It's just a chart pattern. But I'm just showing you the basics. If it blows out, it behooves you to look at uh, uh, energy investments at the start of the new year. Now, you guys know that I am um, a big fan. Are you looking at uh, – yeah. All right, so just to – Here's a couple of ETFs, right? That's the ETF of large cap energy companies, okay? Big downtrend, trying to break above the moving average, 200-day. That would be bullish if it does, right? Here's XOP. This is the U.S. exploration production companies. They've been killed, okay? They're behind. You guys know I look for 
dividend-paying assets in the energy space. That's how I'm going to play this. I don't need the risk of rig companies or EMP companies in the U.S. that have been slaughtered. I can buy dividend-paying energy companies, and then I get to have my cake and eat it at the same time if the price of energy blows out. And I tweeted that. Follow me on Twitter at Brett Rosenthal, B-R-E-T Rosenthal. And you'll see I was talking about Occidental. I've talked about it before. It's an 8-plus percent yield. Warren Buffett put billions of dollars into the preferred, and he's been buying the common. Do your own homework on this. Okay, There's a lot of moving parts, a lot of negatives, a lot of debt. I get it. But at an 8-plus percent yield, if the price of energy blows out, I'm going to lock in that yield, and I might have a, a phenomenal – uh, a performance run in in the uh, um, in capital appreciation as well. So, just to wrap up, let's look at that chart real quick. All right, here's Occidental. Just looks terrible. I mean, I get it; it looks terrible. But guess what? We own the stock, right? There's a double bottom. We think we picked up the stock somewhere right in here. It ran up. It pulled back. Now we picked up a dividend, guys. We're having our cake and eating it too right now. It paid the dividend on the 9th of December. And this is what I'm talking about. We're having our cake and eating it too right now. Any price above 38.20, above 38.20, we collected the yield and it's trading above $38.20. And we're getting both capital appreciation and a dividend in the account. There's a lot of risk here. There's a lot of debt. I get it. But if they're turning their company around and they have smart investors putting capital in and it's got an 8% yield, to me, it's worth the risk down here if energy breaks out. Then it's a real winner. right? If energy collapses, I'll hit my stop and I'll be out. Okay. Fine, I picked up a dividend, comes down, makes a new low, I'll be out of the position. But if it moves higher from here, it might turn into this. Okay, that's what I'm trying to help you guys buy. I mean, look, I'm not telling you to buy it, right? I don't know you. I don't, you shouldn't go buy something just because I say it on this show. I think we all know that by now. Right? But look at AbbVie. AbbVie's stock had been destroyed. I came on this show and I said to you guys, at a yield of close to 7% on this double bottom in here, the stock should be owned. They're turning the company around. They made a key acquisition. The yield is perfect. You have a good, clear stop exit. The reward to risk is worth it. And look at the stock has done since September. I'm picking up dividend payments. And my, my capital is going through the roof. And I'm just saying, can Occidental turn into that next idea? It could. I don't know. I don't know. The reward risk is right. I'll put a stop in. I'll leave it alone and see if I can make some coin if that USO chart breaks out. Okay? That's all for today. If you've enjoyed this, give me a thumbs up. I appreciate it. It helps me out. Thank you for your time. It helps me to have these conversations. Any questions you may have, Shoot them to me, armorreport.com, info at armorreport.com. It'll come to me. I'll try to answer the questions if I can. There's the free version of the Armor Report. Make sure you're getting it. 
roughly once a week, I'm sending out reports of important information I feel for all armor free, uh, um, armor report, really action alerts is what I call them. It's free. And if you want to be an armor insider and get access to me one-on-one, find out what's in our model portfolios, when they enter, when they exit, and a bunch of other exclusive content, check out the website armorreport.com, A-R-M-R report.com. Thanks for your time, guys. See you next week.